0: So much for inviting us. Um, I, I love God. I love Jesus. I love the Holy Spirit. I just love the way He deals with us. But more than that, He loves to have a relationship with us. Do you know that? Uh, and he's a gentleman. He won't force himself. He will only come as close to us as we allow him to come. Uh, Unfortunately, that's taken me. I got saved at about maybe 27. And now I'm 64. And I'm only just beginning to learn that. And I pray that you guys learn that pretty quickly. Instead of allow all the other nonsense and rubbish. Uh, But God is just so good. And I thank, thank him so much for that. I just want to thank you guys for the... How many years have you guys been in the ministry? Gail and I were talking about it yesterday. 32 years. Wow. Yeah. And uh, just thank you for, for being those people that just don't give up. Thank you. Thank you so much. And please give her a big hand. Um, when, when we start to talk about uh, with about children and that, please forgive my passion. I sometimes go, girl, or sometimes look at me and go, oh, no. okay, all right. So, but um, because you know when I see children and I see the way that they, um, uh, there's so many scriptures which we're going to go through today. So um, now, kids, what I want you to do is I want you on your your little piece of paper there. I want you to follow the, the route from the father who's on the top left hand corner back to the child in the bottom. I want you to join the father up with the child. You can do that and listen at the same time because I know you guys can. Hey what's that? Alright. Okay, let's get started. Um this scripture here is is a most amazing scripture. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, which if they were recorded one by one, I suppose that even the world itself would not contain the books that they're written in. So here's, uh, here's the Bible, All right, condensed, okay, but the thing is, is that we, we've got to make a choice, alright, what is in this book is just unbelievable, all right. Now, before we get saved, the Bible teaches us that we were clueless. We didn't have a clue what was going on. And so the Bible looked like this. Nothing. Nothing. But as we, as we start to uh, study the Bible and we look at it, and I, I want you to keep this, this scripture in mind here because what's in the Bible is huge. And then we suddenly start getting a bit of revelation, don't we? All right. See, we start getting a bit of revelation. And then, then then as time goes on, suddenly God will take his word. Not only just what's in the book, but he will make it really cool. And it'll look like this. And so the thing is, guys, is the Bible, what Jesus did a long time ago, if all if it was written, all the books, we would the, the whole world would just be full of books. All right. So what's in here is really important, isn't it? So let's have a look here. It says every word recorded is hugely important. Do you agree with me on that? Yes. All right. I want who's got their Bibles? And if you, if you, the, the, the uh, younger people, you pull hold up your phone or your iPad. Come on, hold up, my phone. If your Bible's there, okay, there it is. Okay. All in this now. This might be a real thick one because this has got a added stuff in here, telling us a little bit more about what was written. Okay, and I'm, not, as, I'm not, not a brainy guy, so I need to have a lot of help when it comes to understanding the Bible. But everything in here is condensed. Whoops, sorry. And um, when certain information is recorded twice, I want you to put this in your mind, because if it's recorded twice, it must be really, I mean, what I wrote there is significant, of its contents take more profound significance, isn't it? It's something that we should say, okay. All right? And what about when it's repeated more than twice? I've got, I wrote these words. I said, I've, got, got, I've not got the words to describe how important these scriptures should be acted upon in the way we live and function. Hey? See, the word of God, guys, is a two-edged sword. It splits between spirit and soul. It cuts between bone and marrow. But the understanding of that word is what... Is really really important to us. So, let us start. I want to go back to the beginning. Now, I only about six months ago, I was reading. I read this, and it just popped ping at, at my at, at, in my face, because I think, uh, and I began to look at this, and the start of God's redemption work for the whole of mankind started with the ministry of John the Baptist. Is that not correct? Okay, he said there, here's what the angel Gabriel prophesied to John the Baptist's father concerning the ministry of John the Baptist. Okay, he said here, let's have a go there. And this is, in, this is the Amplified. And if he who goes, he will go as a forerunner. So he'll be the, the person up front shouting about the Messiah that's coming uh, before him in the spirit of the power of Elijah. Now, if we understand Elijah, Elijah was what, considered one of the, the greatest of the prophets. And then, and then this is what it was, to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. Those capital letters I found in the Amplified meant that had also been said in the Old Testament. So this is Old Testament and New Testament. So now it's been said twice. Going back to the other one, do you think this is really important? Okay. And then, and the and disobedient to the attitude of the righteous, which is to seek and submit to the will of God in order to make ready a people perfectly. Are you guys perfect? Maybe up here, but in your spirit, in your heart, you are. Because that's where Jesus lives. That's why we can come into the presence of God. Because if we came in with sin, he would have have said what he said to Moses. He says, Moses said, I want to see your face. He says, You can't. Because if you look at my face, you will surely die. Why? Because he's still full of sin. And that and the, the, the glory of God just consumed him. So God, God put him in the cleft of the rock and said to uh, um, uh, Moses, you can see my back. But for us, come on guys, we can, see, we can look at the face of God and live. Hey, this is a cool thing. Kids, same with you. All right. And in order to make really a per, a people perfectly prepared spiritually and morally for the Lord, and that's what we're trying to do at the moment. So, John is to prepare the way or set a foundation on which Jesus is to build his church. These two foundation stones, now, these are what the church should be built on. Okay? This is what they should be built on. The first foundation is to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. Okay? Let's leave it with you with that a bit. Because I think, in a, in a big way, Uh, from the time of the, the new church to now, I wonder how often this has been fulfilled in our churches. This is foundation stuff. This is what we must be building on. And the other one is, as I said, the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous, and that is salvation. Okay. So, in order for the church to be strong, these foundations must be strong. However... We do have an enemy, and his name is the prince of this world, Satan, Lucifer, or the devil. We are warned in Scripture, this is all foundation stuff, guys, in 1 Peter 5.8, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to destroy. Whose does he want to destroy? Okay, when he roars, do we fear or have faith? And is it the roar of just uh, in, you know, you actually hear the roar? Or is it circumstances that we live in as Christians? Shouldn't it be that when we are going through a hard time, that is, if we, we diagnose it as being from the prince of, prince of this world, and we then say no, and we say, be sober-minded and watchful. And then we push it aside. Okay. Like any good good strategic enemy, Satan's target and purpose is this: you ready? To weaken the foundation. If you want to destroy your enemy, guys, you don't look for his weakness or her weakness. You look for their strength. How do you think the Allies beat the Germans in the Second World War? They didn't look for their weakness. They looked for their strength. And then they mounted these bombing raids to destroy the, the, the capacity to make war machines. And it eventually, eventually worked. The same thing happened with Japan. Why did they drop the nuclear bomb? Because they wanted to destroy their strength, not their weakness. And this is what Satan wants to do. So the first, two, first, first functions, so foundations have two targets. The fathers and the children. Dads, have you ever thought of that? Have you realized how important you are, men, young men? When it comes down to the very things of the children and of the church, if we have strong men who know what they're doing and are, are, are in that way, they will, be, will have a strong church. But I, I must admit that when I look at generally within churches, a lot of, many churches are floundering. And I'm just wondering whether we should go back to our foundation. We've got a right when it comes to salvation. But what about the fathers and they coming back to the children? These are Satan's uh, targets and he seeks to destroy them. Uh, let, me, let me show you something here. Okay. Now, I'm going to put these up on the, on the board here so it's re- there. Every culture in the world, do you know that every culture is exactly the same? Do you know that? We might have little differences there and there, but this is the core of every culture. It is not a man's job to concern about children. Okay, come on, guys. Your cultures. You grew up as, in, your, in your families. You might have had a real great dad. Praise God for that. But in general, our cultures say that, that children are not a man's job. Okay. The other one is women are seen as beneath men. I know in our laws today that we, we, we try to circumvent that. But in, re, in actual reality, is that happening? Ladies, let me ask you a question. If, has it ever happened to you that you've said something in a bunch where there's a whole lot of men and they seem to just ignore you? Then your husband says exactly the same thing you said. And they'll say, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Isn't that true? Come on. Husbands, we've got to be so careful. All right? Jesus Jesus says that uh, husbands must love their wives as Christ loved the church. Now, what was the greatest thing that Christ did? Was to serve. But our cultures tell us, no, we're the big dogs. Let me show you something here. See, this represents men with all their ungodly thinking. This one, this, the middle one, is women with all of their ungodly thinking because sometimes, often is, is that uh, ladies, you are pushed into it where you have to conform. Let's look at, let's look at the, uh, what happens in Islam. Okay? You look at the, the, the ladies there. They are forced into this situation. And then we have the children. But you see, what we've got to understand is this, is that God sees things differently. Isaiah tells us that we, our thoughts are not his thoughts, and his ways are not our ways. This is the way God sees everyone. The same. And we in the church need to take away, we need to get what the, what the word is. That's why we started off with the word. Guys, we have to renew our minds I sometimes think we need to be delivered from thought patterns that are totally shipwrecking the church. Really. If we are a godly man, we serve and that's it. Because Jesus, he did not come as a conquering king. He came as a servant. His last thing he did with the disciples was to wash their feet. Why? Because he wanted to leave with them how men should act. So, we need to be very careful about going back to that type of thinking. Where the men think they're the greatest. The woman, yeah, it's getting better. But I still, in, in, in most, of, most of ladies' lives, you have to work maybe 700% more than the man to get any any resemblance of honor or someone saying, we want to listen to you. Okay. And then the children, of course, generally, they are left in the background, aren't they? All right. So, let me just put this away. Are you guys still with me? All right. Cool. Okay. Okay. Jesus' counter strategy is this. Okay. In the first foundation is 6 4 for men. Now, ladies, as I go through 6 4 for men, all right, I'm not wanting to offend you in any way. Because I'm going to say something, and I'll say it right now, that there is one thing that men are far better than you at. And I get the look from the ladies. Yeah, you're just a man. Yeah, what, what do you mean? All right. So, but there is one thing, and I'll tell you now. Six four for men are found in these scriptures, Deuteronomy six four, which says, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and all your might." This is the one that's given to Israel, who is the father of, of uh, uh, the father of, uh, of the whole of the Jew- Jewish faith. He's a man. This is what was given to him. I'm not saying, ladies, that you do not also go down this line, but this is specifically. Uh, at the men. Now the thing is, 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 is that when Jesus chose Joseph, I mean, when God chose Joseph to be Jesus' father, all right, he was looking for the scripture in him. That's why he was an older man. Because he had to prove that Deuteronomy 6.4 was core. Here's Deuteronomy 6.4 again. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your, all your strength. Hide the word of God in your heart. That does not come over just two days of reading the Bible. It's a daily thing of hiding the word in your heart. And then, I'm paraphrasing, then teach it to the children 24-7. That is the responsibility of the men. Let's have a look at the next one, Ephesians 6-4. And again here, God understands man, a man. They like things all shortened down and proceed, don't they? They don't like the, you know, you talk to, a wife will say, uh, the husband's been on the telephone with mom, his, his mom. And, uh, and then the wife says, hey, honey, what, what did mom say? He, she, he's been on the, on the phone for about an hour and a half with mom. He says, well, um, mom's okay. From an hour and a half to one second, that's how men are. And so this is one of the sch- shortest scriptures. It says, fathers, okay, train and discipline their children. Okay. Now, here it is, ladies. This is where one, one thing that, that men are better than you. They have this uncanny, uncanny ability to obey to stupidity. All right. Ladies, you need to rejoice in that. <laughs> All right. Let me give you an example. Let's go back to the First World War. For any war that matter, the First World Wars are great. Uh, it was at the time in history where guns had suddenly become, they had machine guns, and it wasn't this old, you know, the musketeers, and they just stand about and shoot it up, boom, and then stand there waiting to be shot, and they quickly load up and boom, like this. Now you could, you could set off a thousand know, rounds per minute type of stuff. Okay. So they dug trenches. And what would happen when you think about it, guys, we were stupid, yeah. But anyway, and a whistle would blow. So all the guys would get there, get their guns, and on the about fifty meters on that side, maybe even seventy five meters, there the enemy is. The whistle would blow a second time and out you would get out the trenches, and there you would go across there. Right into a hell of bullets. And then you would come back again. And he counting out the dead. And some of the guys were lying there over, over barbed wire, and they were, they were shot, and they were just in a real bad state. And it would carry on for nearly five years. hey? And you used to maybe win 60, 70 meters every now and again. What, what would happen with the ladies? Let's have a look at this one. All right. They're the ladies, the whistle blows. Now, the problem with the whistle blowing is that you're also telling the enemy you're about to come. But dumb, isn't it? But the ladies now, they were in this situation. Those who were blown, they all look at each other like us and say, let's talk about this. And you would talk about it. Then you would raise the pink flag, not the white flag. Women never give up, even though they might seem to think that, guys, they'd never give up. Never give up. And they'll raise the pink flag, and the ladies on the other side, oh, the ladies there want to have a chat. Let's meet in the middle. And let's talk about this. All right. You see, these two scriptures, guys, according to our cultures, are total stupidity. Ladies, you would not be able to obey the scripture. You have a natural uh, of nurture for, ch- for children. But guys, if we want to restore back the foundation of Christ or the, of the church, it's up to you and me. Not pastors, it's up to the men in the church. That they will allow the God of heaven to turn our hearts back to the children. Now if you think you've turned your heart back to the children, think again. Because I don't think you have. Not to the degree that God wants us to have it. We should be in the front line of all our children's ministries. We should be in the front line of all our schools. We should be in the front line of everything around children. That's where our focus should Over and above any other gift that we have. This is foundation stuff. So you might think that you want to become a CEO. No, first you're a father before you become a CEO. You want to start a church. You are first a father before you. And, and your heart must be turned back to the children. Okay. Right. Sorry, guys. Did I burst your bubble there? I'm not sure. Okay. The second element of the first foundation is the children. Okay. Now, all right, let me just carry on. Without the godly protection and training of godly men and godly women, the children will be. Destroyed. There we are. If we train up our children and we don't give them godly counsel and, be, and us become godly, all right, this is what you condemn the children to be in when Satan comes against them. Please don't close your ears. No, okay, you can that is what 99% of our children in our society today are like that at the age of 26, 27, 28 when I gave my life to Jesus even though I still uh, lived a good life I had a good job I hadn't had a problem that's what my life was now, we don't need for our children to become like that. We don't. There's certain things that we can do that can prevent that. You see, the, the redemptive work of the, of, of, the, uh, of the Word of God is such, is that I've put water in here, is that He changed me from this to this, this is the true miracle of salvation. He took this, and when I said yes to Jesus, he made me like this. Okay, we're talking about it in the heart. Which of you kids would like to come and stand right under here? There's water in here. Would you like to come? I'm a, uh, do you want to come? Okay. All right. I, I love a man of faith. All right. You see, when we put in here with training, remember? Training and the word of God when Satan comes against our children or us for that matter, don't blow it, yeah. nothing happens. Thanks, my boy. That is the true power of this word, guys. The true power of it. Okay. Right, let me quickly. I wonder... Wh- um, has anyone seen a duck? Has anyone seen a duck? Because he's Dilly supposed Dilly. to bring... Dilly Dally, where are you? Oh. Bopped. Dilly Dally, where are you?
1: I'm Dally Oh, Dally. there you are.
0: Come on, Dilly <laughs> Dally. Come on.
1: <laughs> come on. Daddy, Daddy
0: Say hi to Dilly Dally, guys.
1: They didn't say hello to me.
0: I know. They just st- totally in awe. You are just so magnificent.
1: They don't like me.
0: Oh yeah, they, do, they don't. They like, like. Do you like Dilly whole... Dally? No. Oh, come on, kids. What do you say to Dilly? Daddy say I'm hi, Dilly there. Dally.
1: Hello, hello, hello. All
0: oh, right. <laughs> now, Dilly Dally, did you did you did you bring the piece of paper?
1: I don't look at me. I didn't.
0: No, d- oh, hello,
1: hello, <laughs> hello.
0: Dilly Dally, what did you do with the piece of paper? Because you see, I need to give that piece of paper to the children. I, I know, ate it. Oh, Dilly Dally, oh my gosh. Dilly Dally,
1: you ate the paper.
0: So no, now did. I've got nothing to give to the kids.
1: you got a big problem, haven't you?
0: No, but I asked you to do it, and I was trusted. I was hoping that you, I could trust you in this.
1: Well, I was very, very hungry.
0: No. But didn't, they, didn't they, they? These people were wonderful when No, came. they didn't
1: give me any food.
0: Did you ask? No. Well, then that's the reason why they They meant
1: to entertain me.
0: No, they don't.
1: But they didn't know a duck was coming. Well, didn't you tell them? <laughs> well...
0: All right. I don't know, well, there's what gonna so gonna many do details
1: it? I have to remember.
0: What are we going to do about it? I don't
1: know, what are you going to do about it?
0: Not me, you. Me? Yes.
1: Okay, hold on, let me think. Is this going to take long? Yes, it is.
0: No.
1: Come on. Okay, 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 I got an idea. What's that? I'll lay an egg. You'll lay an You're egg? What? I'll lay an egg. You see it, figures. <laughs> if I ate it, it's in my tummy. <laughs> if it's in my tummy, then it could very well be in an egg. Silly daddy, I don't think so.
0: Well, I suppose we don't uh, have much choice choiceness. So, what, what, no. do you, what do you need? Well,
1: I need something to lay an egg in. All right. Something soft. Soft. Something clean.
0: Okay, what about this?
1: What you got there, Uncle Nettle? What's Niedel? this, here? What's that, a bag? That's yeah, a bag. What's inside?
0: Uh, nothing's inside. Nothing's
1: there. It's
0: empty. Empty, yeah.
1: Okay, it's good.
0: What must I do now?
1: Well, you need to put it under my button. <laughs> Dilly dally. Dally, dally, if we're in church, I know that how else do you get an egg out? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, All I right. hope this is going you, to... I gonna ho- hope this us. is not going to be gross. Well,
0: uh,
1: yeah. put it under my button.
0: All right, okay.
1: Dilly, dilly, what are you oh, doing? Dilly dilly. I'm trying to get comfortable. Oh, boy. Really? Okay, can you just go Sorry. ahead?
0: Sorry, guys. You're keeping
1: everybody waiting. Okay. Okay. Now what? I can't do it.
0: <laughs> what do you mean you can't do it?
1: Because is looking at oh, me. Oh, man. Okay,
0: <laughs> everyone, close your eyes for Seconds okay, close your eyes now. One, two, okay. See, they're not looking okay. Okay, okay. I feel an egg
1: coming. Okay,
0: okay. Okay. Off you go. Uncle Nettle, yes,
1: it's a very, very big egg. Dilly Dally, please. I suppose it has to be your hair (laughs) color. Excuse me, Dilly Dally. (laughs) Dilly Dally, dally. sorry.
0: Hey, this is embarrassing.
1: Come on, just do one last one and get it out. <coughs> <Uh-oh>. <coughs> there it is, there it is, there it is.
0: Oh. Hey, okay. I it on, That's tell that, that, you said it was a big egg. It certainly is.
1: What's inside right. of
0: Okay. Inside let's say let's have a look. Prayers. There we go.
1: What you got? What about you about got? Here.
0: Ha! Yeah. Ah, what oh. did I tell you? Oh, that's, oh well What's done. It
1: say? What's it say?
0: Turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. Luke one seventeen. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. So now what I'm going to do now...
1: What are you going to do?
0: I want it to give it to the kids there. Kids, uh-huh. can you take this here? Take this. So one of you come. Okay, I want you to pass it around. Pass it around. Pass it around to everyone. Okay? And that's why you've got a, your little... um. On your papers there, you've got to show how to get the fathers back to the children. Uncle Little. Come on. Yes. yes. We
1: don't see a lot of that in the church.
0: Well, hopefully it'll change.
1: Yeah. Hopefully yeah, it'll, it'll change. change. Yep. You better tell them.
0: Yeah. We've got to tell okay. them. Okay. All right.
1: All okay. right, everybody.
0: Thanks for bringing it to uh, Daily Day. It was I'm going to
1: go and find some different. food. Different? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go and get some food.
0: You're going to get some food. Yeah. there okay.
1: any duck food around?
0: Are there any duck food around? I'm not sure. We'll Pastor, did you bring
1: any duck food? <laughs> no. Okay, I'm getting out of here. Goodbye, Lady okay, Say bye to Dilly
0: guys. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. God's without uh, in here it says God's only protection for the church is found in the uh, sorry, for the children is found in the church. Can I leave that with you just I just want you to meditate on that for about a minute. I want you to realize that all those children out there who are not going to church are going to be destroyed. Hey, come on. I'm assuming that all the kids here are from from here, but what about the other kids there in the schools that you have contact with. If we don't reach them, they'll be destroyed. They will be destroyed. James 1.27, religions are pure and undefiled before God the Father. It is this, to visit orphans and the widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And and gentlemen, that's our responsibility. Men. what are you going to do about it? The gifts and talents that God has put in each one of you. Young men, you two at the back there. You as well. You men aren't you? Yeah, don't look around. There's only two young people at the back there. Those others are old. What about you? What are you going to do to reach the children? Okay. Right. Oop, wrong way. God has created and wired children in the following ways. God is just so... How he does things, it makes it so easy. So let's have a quick look at this. Firstly, children can easily store God's word. It's the easiest thing in the world, and I will demonstrate this just now. The other one... To desire a deep relationship with adults. Every single kid here, their greatest desire is to be in the company of adults. God made them like that in order to make it easy for us to train the child up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. It's it's a done deal. All we've got to do is do it. All right. One of the things that we found uh, with, with behavioral problems... We deal with we, we a lot with kids who are in the social welfare system, who've been raped, who've been beaten, who've been burnt, who've been pushed outside at night and have to in, a, on a, at, in winter in Johannesburg. All right, and I don't know how they survived, but they have. They've just got a T-shirt and a pair of shorts on. All right. Now the thing is that their greatest desire, the way God has made them, is to be have a relationship with an adult. The problem with them is that the adults that are in their lives, okay, when, the only time they get any attention from their adult is when that adult is beating them or raping them or doing anything to them. Now they have their attention. It's fulfilling the need in a child. Majority of our, of our uh, discipline problems is because of that. We were asked to go to school in Possumsburg. It used to be an old Model C school. 1,500 kids having major racial problems within the junior school. Now, everyone would have thought, oh, that's between black and white. No, it wasn't. It was between colored and black. But they asked us to go there. Now, Gail and I do not have degrees. But we arrived there, and we were given 1,500 kids we we gave them the gospel. Unheard of. But then we spoke to the, the, the teachers, and we said to the teachers, what is the problem? Eventually, one lady got up and said, I've been teaching here for 15 years. The first four years of teaching here, I had three problem children. Now I've got only three children who know how to behave themselves. And instantly, God just said, the reason being is because those children are not getting the relationship and attention that their mom and dad should be giving them. And I believe when we see the, 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 um, how in our camps, no matter whether it comes from rich churches or from, from our sponsored camps, the discipline amongst our children is at a pandemic. Why? Because they, have not, they are not being fulfilled by the relationship of an adult in their lives. The only way they can get that, uh, that relationship is by beh- behaving, misbehaving. That's the reason why. So, church, where are we? We are. God has caused us to become so. We we, we are relational. We're the only organization of, of between business, between government, and between uh, what's other one, the the four uh, family, but between business and government, we are the only of those organizations that are hundred percent relational. It is something that the children should be swarming through our doors because as adults are giving them their due uh, hit of relationship. All right. Okay. God's purpose is to make the training, equipping, and releasing of children so simple. It should be easy. It should be so easy. This morning we're doing, all right, I won't go there because I'm going to bring it up just now. Time, I know. Look at this. But as for you, continue the things that you have learned and of which you have convinced, holding uh, tightly to the truths. This is Timothy uh, being r- written to by Paul. Knowing that from whom you've learned them and how from a babe you have known the sacred writings or the Hebrew scriptures, which were able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus, surrendering your entire self to Him and having absolute confidence in His wisdom, power, and goodness. God, here, Paul says, when you were a baby, you knew the Holy Scriptures. How can that be? I want to quickly jump from there to there. This is how we made up. We made up a body, aren't we? We made up a soul. And we made up a spirit. The biggest thing is our spirit. But the, the, and if we go to 1 Corinthians 2, please go and read that whole thing. Paul gives a beautiful account of where, what the spirit, what the Word of God does. And the power of it, all right. But the thing is, we don't want the the word. Can't live in our bodies. The word cannot live in our souls because we're going to forget it. Uh, The word must live in our spirit. Now, in order for the word to get into the spirit, it's got to come through your five, five senses. And then I'm not going to go into detail here. But you have to say yes to it. If the word of God says this. And your learning says that. You have to choose. You have to say yes to one or the other. If you say yes to the ungodly, it becomes uh, that, that it, it takes root in your mind. And, it, and, 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 and what happens is that you get bound by that. But if you say no to this, I take if you thought captive, make it obedient to Christ. He takes it away. delivers us. Away. And I take what the Word of God says. The full, we are dropping that into our heart or our spirit. Now, Let me just go. I want to. Where's my thing over here? Okay, right now. Here's how the word works, gentlemen. We uh, adults. Our problem with the word is that we have got a lovely saying: is that when we read this, we say, "Let me think about it." Children don't, because God has made them in such a way that they will absorb, going back to that scripture about Timothy, that he knew the Holy Scriptures as a child. So the thing is, is that as a, as a six-month-old baby, do they have the ability to choose, which is, say, between right and wrong? No. No. So here's the deal. If us, by faith, even the baby in utero, the first sense that is, that is uh, developed in, in, the, in the uterus is hearing. And we take it and we say, I'm going to read the word. They don't understand English or Afrikaans or Zulu or Gaza or whatever. It doesn't matter. Anna, what, they say, what you're saying here, this is the word of God. And it's spirit. So now you are, you are talking the spirit. So now what happens is that when, when we, uh, as a baby, this is how simple it is, guys. All we've got to do is have faith in this. So what happens now is this. We read the word. It can be in Chinese. It can be it doesn't matter what. They don't know the language. But what happens is that because they have not got their wool switched on, what happens now is it goes straight in there. Let me tell you about an Imran. When an Islam boy or girl is born, the Imran will go to that baby at the birth, and they will speak into their left ear. I'm not sure why the left ear, but they will speak into the left ear for an hour. And then they will turn around and say, no one, but no one will turn this child away from Islam. And that is the reason why it is so difficult to reach Islamic people. That's why they have to have the, 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 the that what happens is, when they have to see Jesus the same way as Paul did. Paul would not have changed if he hadn't seen the Christ. And so many of our Islam people, they, what happens, they come in and they see the Christ. They cannot argue about it anymore. But that whispering in their ear, Binds them. Why don't we bind our children to, the, to the God? What about, do you have a baby ministry? Will you teach our, 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 our moms and dads to have faith in reading the word? Especially the men. Especially. Okay. Let's, let's go to a six-year-old. Do they have a wool? Oh, yes. They know between right and wrong. Boof. Okay, now here's the thing. Remember, at six years old, they want a relationship with you and me. So when I, they, I've got a great children's ministry program, and I'm formed a relationship with them. When I minister the Word of God, they will have a look at it, and they will say, hold on, but that's that guy there. He's a cool dude. I accept it. How easy is it to get the Word of God into our children? From 10 years upwards, suddenly now things change. I've heard so many parents when a child is about 10, 11, says, My child just changed. They're not like they were when they, when they were, were a couple of years ago where they used to just obey me and everything. Now they argue with me on everything. They don't they don't want to do the hair the way the, their hair like the way I want them. They want to do it their way. They want to wear stuff that I don't want them to wear. Isn't it true? They become adults. They become adults. So now what happens now is this is that you see when we become adults. We have stuff in our minds. You know where this comes from, don't you? Yeah, sure you do. Okay. And that's, a, that's our problem when we talk about, when we hear the word of God, we say, let me think about it. Because this is what we think about. We take that and this, the word and this, and we say, now what must we do? All right. So the thing is, is that when we do this, and, and this is where the, we talk about you know, the sower and the seed. All of that sort of stuff, you can see that related here. But our minds are full of nonsense. Our schools do not speak uh, uh, scriptural stuff, do they? There's a lot of rubbish But we should have equipped our kids beforehand to discern that. Go and read 1 Corinthians 2 and see what I mean. Now, let's have a look at this. The Word is like right now. The Word has been being poured out. Some of it goes in there. But we say, let me think about it. Some of it, let me think about it. Okay, so we leave it there. That's why I've got this tissue here, because it leaks. (laughs) Don't tell me you have never forgotten something. We don't want the word in our minds. But the problem is, this word here, we can say yes to, and it goes into our spirit. Sorry, this is our spirit area. All right? But our problem is, is this is that because of our thought patterns, we've trapped the Word. We can never get deliverance from this Word. It can never be enacted because the only time that revelation of God's Word comes from the Spirit area. Go and read 1 Corinthians 2 and it'll tell you. So we need to take every thought a captive, make it obedient to Christ. And we have to be praying, God, renew my mind to become like yours. That's a deliverance thing. We say yes. And then the Holy Spirit takes it. And then He takes all this rubbish. And then what He does is that we then choose to say yes. And it goes in there. And that's where the true power of the Word of God is enacted. Where we can train these children, no matter what the age is, they can go and pray for the sick and they'll be raised, uh, be healed. Hey? And the thing is, it's so easy for them. What is the time? Am I going a bit long? Over time. All right, can I just finish up with this? What Jesus said about, um, about the children. There's nine different a- accounts. Just what Jesus said. No one else. Just what Jesus said. Now, nine accounts. We go back to the, um, uh, that first scripture where I said in the Bible that what's in there must be really important. Now, there's nine accounts that Jesus said about children. I want to go through them. It says, he praises the Father for revealing things to children which was hidden from the wise and learned. Who's, how many times have you read that in Matthew and Luke? And it's twice. He says, he, he, do you know why Jesus praised the Father? Because it happened to him as a child. He knew about the Father's business before he was 12 years old. The Bible says in Luke there that Jesus said that he was... Um, that, that, he, he was honored at where he, that God honored him. And at the bottom, when he became a, te- uh, a, a teenager, it said that God and men, he was in good standing with them. Why? Because of what Joseph and Mary did, especially Joseph. He fulfilled Deuteronomy 6, uh, in, in, 6 4 in Jesus' life. And he was able, this is where he learned all this stuff from. I'm absolutely convinced of it, because he praised the Father here. Truly I say to you, unless you repent and become like a child. In Matthew 18, 3, there are other ones, but it says here to repent and become like a child. And I, when I first saw this, I, saw, saw this, I thought, Lord, help me in this. Are you t- my, what I've instructed, that, that if you gave yourself to Jesus, you'll get into heaven. But you're telling me now that there's another thing? I'm going to become like a child? So the deal here, is, guys, is that if we're forming a relationship with our children within our churches, and we see now they're moving in the, in the power of praise and worship, and what they're doing there, do you know what's going to happen? We need to be watching them and asking them, God, I need to be like them. Their faith, their hope, their whatever, their tenacity, whatever it is that you see in them, you say, that's what I must be like. Okay. It's so important that we understand that. And then whoever humbles himself like his child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Who wants to be the greatest in the kingdom of God? Come on. Who on? Oh, of course we all do. All right. right. It's only one qualification. You've got to humble yourself like a child. Let's go to the next one. Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And there it said how many times? One, two, three, plus I want four times. Jesus is trying to tell us something, guys. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven the angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. That, that relates back to this one here, praise the Father for revealing things. Because the angels are messengers. And they see the face of the Father all the time. Do you know what, adults, your angels are way at the back. If you want to get to the front line, work with the kids and hear what they have to say. The last two, quoting Psalm 8, verse 2. Jesus just come off the donkey. He walks into the temple. The, everyone outside the temple was shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. They all walked into, into the temple. The only people now shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David were the children. The Sadducees, Pharisees, and chief priests turned around to Jesus and said, Look at what they are saying. Then Jesus says to them, which was, I think he was trying to insult them. Because he says, Have you not read? Of course they'd read it. They'd read it millions of times. That was their life, the whole, the whole uh, New Old Testament. They've read this. He said, "Have you not heard it? Heard, read this. That from the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise. And if you continue with that, it says that when children come in, they shut the mouth of the enemy. When they praise, where are our kids in praise and worship? Are we are we helping? Are we showing them how to praise and worship?" That's why I did a little bit of it this morning. But guys, it mustn't be adults walking in there, say, oh, yeah, Lord, yeah, yeah, and the children running around doing nothing. You should be looking around the children, and you should be going to them and say, okay, let me show you how to praise and worship God. Because here's the deal, guys. The children need to hear the voice of God so they know what they should do for the rest of their life. It's not mom and dad's prerogative to say you're going to become a doctor. It's God. He's anointed them, and he's called them before eternal times. You know, your calling was before eternal times. Okay. So, so in here, and praise. When he says ordained, the very foundation of praise and worship is in our children. And here's the one that I love the most. where Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name, who, uh, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me but the one who sent me. Guys, if we welcome these kids here, we welcome Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. We do not even have to work up a head of steam when it comes to it. He is here already. When you welcome these guys in. Because when you welcome them, you you don't have to worry about demons when you welcome kids in. Because Jesus said it, I'm there, and a demonic influence cannot survive in the presence of God. I'm sorry. And if you believe that, we deliver you. (laughs) Okay. When those children come in and we walk on them at that door, all right, they bring in the heaven, they bring in the Trinity. Now, I don't know how many times you've read that. But guys, you know, the our children, if you have a look at that, praise and worship. Gifts and talents, all of this sort of stuff. This morning with the children here, I was watching them, and you just see them, they were just going in like this. And don't you want to hear the most incredible things? You've got to train them how to do that. Because they've been trained by the world to, "Mm, listen to the adults. Now we need to do what God says. Let's listen to the kids. hey? And you need to protect them. Yeah. Shall we stand? Sorry.